Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Red Ben TV. I am today joined by Cy Hughes of The Athletic. Simon, thank you very much for joining me. No worries, Chris. Nice to be here. It's lovely to speak to someone outside my family unit, to be honest with you. We've had like a half an hour chat just catching up and stuff. But we're here to talk Liverpool's academy and how it's gone from where it was 10 years ago, maybe a little bit earlier, to where it is today. And of course, we are backed by The Athletic. Um, if you want to get a seven-day free trial and 50% off your yearly subscription to The Athletic, you need to visit www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash TV. As you know, not only is it the new home of Simon Hughes, or maybe not so new anymore, it's also the new home of football writing. Simon, let's talk about the academy. Um, so your article, for, for anybody who is listening or is watching who hasn't read it yet, uh, it's like a mini novel for a start. I wasn't prepared for the amount of time I expended in the novella, but I... Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> I think you might need one of them like twenty-five minute read things at the top just to warn somebody. But what you did was you gripped me early, and I was there for the long call. Um, what, what, what? Why did you write it? What? Why were you? Because it wasn't like that. Doesn't doesn't seem like an off the cuff thing. That's a well researched piece that is going back over fifteen years almost. Yeah. Well, I um. What made me write it? I mean, I think obviously this season you're sort of looking at stuff that's that's relevant to now. I mean, I, I do want to still try and write as much over the next sort of couple of weeks and months as as obviously we we live in lockdown about stuff that's relevant to now, and because I think that's obviously what interests people the most. And you know, over the last uh, six to twelve months, Liverpool have been able to promote you know several players from the academy who who've actually not just just being promoted but, but made an impact mm. and it got me thinking about why that was and so to, I just thought you know nobody's really written an extensive piece before about uh, the academy as a whole from going back to 1998 when it when it opened and the challenges that it's had to to become a place which actually produces first team footballers for Liverpool because I mean before Trent Alexander-Arnold I mean the, the last one that you'd say really sort of had a major impact really is, is in terms of the long term is Steven Gerrard and he didn't actually really play that much at the academy you know he, he sort of 
that facility opened um, just a few months before he started playing in Liverpool's first team. So you have to go back even further. I mean, could I really argue that it hasn't really produced any players of note, you know, which is astonishing considering the number of players that Liverpool have had in that period and the amount of money that's been put into it. So I sort of wanted to go back and examine why, uh, why that is, you know, and why things have changed because it does feel like things have changed. It's not just players getting a chance now because... You know, uh, you know, because out of convenience for the first team manager when he's trying to beef up his first team squad, you know, he genuinely does believe that some of these players are going to become established first team regulars. He believes in the academy, and um, you know, so that the story sort of uh, leads in on the most recent thing, as you say. I think that's always the key with these big long pieces. You've got to sort of hook people in with something that they don't already know um, about something that's relevant to now. So obviously, I was writing a bit about. Um, how Liverpool are scouting in the northwest now from the age of six, you know, how they're looking at different new communities into the northwest. So, um, you know, refugee communities, uh, new immigrant communities from different parts of the globe who previously maybe gone unwatched to some degree. And I think Liverpool have identified through a player who they actually signed from Manchester City five years ago, James Balagese, who's doing really well now in, in the. He's a 16-year-old. He's playing in the under-18s and had a real impact this season. His family came from the Congo. Oh, sorry, the DR Congo um, when he was six, I think. So, six or seven. So, that made them realise that there must be players there who were coming into the country who maybe we haven't seen that we've got to start looking at. So, you've appointed a, a West African uh, coach, uh, sorry, scout in Manchester at the moment who's looking at a lot of the communities there and a, uh, a Polish scout uh, who will operate across the northwest? Because obviously the, the northwest has a, a lot of Polish communities knocking about. So, yeah, it's 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 a constantly changing thing. But I just thought you've got to move in on the most up to date thing, which is something that people don't already know, and you know, try and get you know, I guess people reading. I was a bit blown away by the was it? I forget the figure. Now was it thirty four scouts working the six to eleven age group or something like that? In the like. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe there's that many people on the payroll for Liverpool who look after that age group. I mean, it's, it's you, you know football's massive and you know, you know these clubs are ginormous, but they're like, their roots go down really. Like, like I'd say, you can't see them. They're everywhere. They're all underneath you and there's just fucking tons of them all over the place. 34, 34 scouts, <laughs> was it, working the six ages, looking at six-year-olds? It's frightening. I mean, it is frightening. I mean, I sort of got a flavour for it a few years ago when I wrote another book about football in the Northwest and I went to um, Fletcher Moss Rangers in Manchester where Marcus Rashford had come from and couple of the other players, I think Jesse Lingard had played a bit there as well. And I was listening to the guy who runs the club there, who's been there for years, and he was just telling me about just how mad it is, like the amount of people who, you know, turn up at matches and, you know, it's there is a safeguarding issue, you know, because the players are so young. And I do feel a bit weird writing about sort of, you know, scouting six-year-olds. How do you scout a six-year-old? But the, the thing is with Liverpool, you know, this brings it back to, I guess, how... Um, what Liverpool have identified is that the, the players that they've had the most success with over the last sort of 10 years have been the players that they've signed at that age. Mm. So Trent Alexander-Arnold was there at six, you know, training with Liverpool. Um, ben Woodburn was there at six, training with Liverpool. Uh, there are other players who, who come and fall into that, that age group. So I think Nico Williams signed at seven or eight. I, I, I can't remember exactly what age it was. It is in the piece. Um, you know, Curtis Jones was another one who... You know, it was quite funny that he he was obviously courted by 
both Liverpool and Everton and and fancied himself quite a bit, you know. And I think the Everton, well, from what I've been told, the Everton scouts um, didn't sort of take too kindly to the way he, he presented himself. You know, he wanted to look and be like Cristiano Ronaldo, basically. And he just thought he was a bit of a big head. But obviously Liverpool... This is the age what? Yeah, this is the age of six, you know what I mean? Which is just insane, you know? It's just insane. So, yeah, I mean, Liverpool have obviously had a lot of success with the players who've just made the debuts this season. Um, you know, from that age category, so it proves, I guess. I mean, I had a big debate with um, somebody on the the, 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 uh, the, the, the comment section underneath the article who I think was clearly a fan of another club, possibly Manchester City, who was saying, you know, this is just Liverpool have benefited from the data breach, you know, that that, that we, you know, that basically basically living off Manchester City's network. And I was like, well, that's Didn't not really stuff the case. go the other way as well, yeah, though, after yeah, all it, of this? Well, there is that issue. But the, the, the point is, all these players arrived at Liverpool before that data breach. You know, that they, they actually, you know, set a couple of years before and, I was told a good story about how, you know, Paul Glatzel is another one who we haven't seen in the first team, who who obviously we, we, we've sort of seen in friendly matches and they really rate at Liverpool very highly. You know, I think, I think he, listening to people, he does have a great chance and Klopp loves his work rate and ethic. You know, he's really, really industrious player. But him, Leighton Clarkson, Curtis Jones, they were all playing, you know, seven or eight years ago uh, in an international tournament that beat Barcelona 2-1 in the final where Paul Latzel scored scored the winning penalty. You know, players like them, you know, Leighton Clarkson was another one who was told about how he's obviously played for the first team and played against Shrewsbury. He um, he comes from Clitheroe and in a previous, the previous regime at Liverpool where Frank McParland was in charge and th- there was more of a focus then on sort of getting the, the, the elite players at the age of 13 and 14, you know, from London clubs and Sterling's one of them that you mentioned, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't say that wasn't a bad idea in the end because Liverpool, you know, benefited supremely from that process. You know, they, they signed Raheem Sterling, who was a great player for Liverpool. Obviously, they made a lot of money out of him. He'd sooner he stayed, I guess. But you know, you can't say that he didn't get a good good deal out of that. Same with Jordan Ibe. Same with Danny Ward. There's nearly 70, 80 million pounds of players there that they've they've, they've sort of made money on. So. It's not to sort of discount everything that the previous regimes have done, I guess. It's just a different way of looking at it. And Leighton Clarkson was one who, who basically there wasn't the money and the budget at the time to, to make sure that he could get from Clitheroe to, to the academy because all the money was going on sort of players on higher age groups. So it meant that play, people at the academy would actually drive to Clitheroe and take him backwards and forwards to ensure that he could train, you know, which it's a Premier League football club. It might, and it goes back to the whole debate at the moment about the money at Premier League football clubs there is a huge amount of money but it's still quite a fragile world really you know the, there is budgeting you know it's not money you know at all costs for every age group you know there, there is a, a certain amount of um, budgeting that goes on and had Liverpool's academy people not done that at that time Leighton Clarkson wouldn't have made his debut against Shrewsbury he might have gone to another club so it does show that there's been a lot of long term sort of uh, planning around this and then since Alex Inglethorpe's come in he, he wanted to to sort of he sees a longer term vision where he thinks that the players who come in at that age um, have got a much better chance of becoming established first team players and not only that I think when you've been at the club for that length of time it does add a certain layer of loyalty doesn't it I think I think naturally if you've been yeah. there and gone through all that you're not going to be in a if you do well at Liverpool you're not going to be 
desperate to get off as quickly as possible. And you you look from the outside in, don't you? And you you say you're a young player who who can see Liverpool and and seen Everton. We've lost out over the years to to Everton Football Club because there's been a path through to the first team. And um, I think in- small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thorpe says in your article, and I quote, the pipes being clear, and he's talking about that path through to the first team and the difference between maybe Benitez and also maybe... Um, Julier before him is that there is now a clear path to the first team so if you're a youngster on the outside looking in and maybe Liverpool are looking to recruit you Simon Liverpool have got a much better chance of that because they're giving youth the chance and it's this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy isn't it where we've changed everything we're getting better youth players because of that we're getting more in and then we're able to restock behind us because Mm. the path's clear it's a constant like sort of cycle isn't it you want that you want that clarity between the first team at the, and the, the lowest age group I suppose and you mentioned Everton there I mean it's quite interesting really sort of I guess the perceptions around what Everton have done and it's it, definitely true that I think Everton for a long period of time was it was a more attractive club for youth team players on Merseyside if you look at like um, like uh, Jack uh, Jack Rodwell for example yeah, um, he, he, was, he was at Liverpool as an 8 year old and and, and left and went to Everton, you know, which, you know, people might say, well, you know, he's, he's not had the career that people wanted, but he was a very talented player, you know, who could have and it made with different decisions at different clubs, had a very different career, I suppose. And then you look at other players like um, Tom Davies, obviously he's, he's sort of the player at the moment who's made the most appearances in Everton's first team, who's come through the youth system. But Everton signed him from Tramia Rovers when he was 11. Mm. You know, Ross Barkley was the same. He was 10 when he signed for Everton. He was picked up playing in Wavertree. And these players are obviously under Liverpool's radar. And Liverpool was competing for these players as well. But Liverpool weren't able to get them. And Liverpool's sort of policy, of, I guess, different policies at different times, different managers, different requirements. This has all had an impact on, on the continuity running through the club when there are so many changes um, between managers and, and demands so you know I think um, you know I, I explore in the piece how pretty much from day one you know that the people who were appointed Gerard Houllier thought it was a, you know going to be a marriage made in heaven really between Houllier and, 
highway to people who who had you know understood youth football and had worked for years in youth football. Obviously, Hugo in France had had a great success, but Hugo said you know pretty early on that he saw the future of football being big, strong, physical, athletic players. Highway didn't see it that way. He was saying, well, you're saying, you know, Michael Owen isn't good enough to play for Liverpool. And that caused friction from pretty early on in their relationship. And you've got to say, I think Julio was right at that time in 1998-99. You know, I think that's the way football went, wasn't it? If you look at the teams that won the trophies between sort of 2000 and 2005, they were bigger, more physical teams. But then what changes that is somebody like Cesc Fabregas coming in to Arsenal's youth system and suddenly... So it's a, there's a different style of football that, that's being favoured at youth level. Um, and now so it's both. It's Now it's both, yeah. I mean, obviously Liverpool at this moment in time, you know, the scouts at Liverpool uh, are very aware that, you know, the, the first team, you've got to be able to train a first team level and you've got to be able to survive the physical demands of that. Otherwise, you've got no chance. So they are looking at bigger players, you know, not, not bigger players, but players who can run. If you can't run and you can't get about the pitch... You've got no chance at Liverpool now, which I think is I think which I I'm think fucked. which <laughs> I think that includes me as well. Um, I, th- I think um, I mean the one thing that I like about that that sort of basic requirements is running around. You know, it means that players are never going to be allowed just to sort of rest on the laurels because if you th- the moment you think you've cracked it and you're good and you can sort of just pick up the pace and stroll through games, you're going to find it difficult getting into the team. So. You know, to be for that to be a basic requirement, it means the players are never going to be able to let the guard down. Basically, yeah, so yeah. it's a good, it's a good it's a good message I think to be sending to the players. I, I agree with you, and like there's two players that when you were saying that that, that immediately spring to mind, and one's Meza Ezel, a wonderful footballer. I he's one of those players that you know there there are just sometimes there are players that you enjoy watching. Now I enjoy watching him when he's got the ball at his feet, but. There is nobody I hate more watching that when he hasn't or when his team don't have possession of the football, I should say. And then I think of Luis Suarez, who, for me, has all the talent of Amesa Ezel and the work rate. And I think back to those times around 13, 14, and you might lose your Amesa Ezels along the way because they're not going to work as hard. But if the team wins, it doesn't really matter. But do you think there is still a place for... Like a measure is, or is it? Is it the margins between success and failure are so fine now mm. that there isn't? You can't carry a player anymore in a side that's going to go on and dominate. I've got to be honest. Not at Liverpool. I don't. I don't think a player who's got amazing ability who doesn't understand his position. Well, you wouldn't say that Messi doesn't understand his position, but doesn't doesn't understand that his way creates impacts on the rest of the team. The way this Liverpool team is structured. You can't afford to have a passenger in midfield, can you, really? You just can't. You know, that's why, ultimately, I mean, I'm not saying Philip Coutinho was a passenger, because he wasn't, but he didn't have the, I suppose, the lung capacity or the power of the players that have replaced him. Now, at the time, I was concerned. I obviously thought, you know, I still think sometimes Liverpool miss a player like that. I do, but I think the basic requirement now, yeah, skill, great, but first requir- requirement is your ability to get about the pitch, so I think somebody like Curtis Jones, you know, there's always been people who questioned him a little bit about about his personality a little bit, you know, because he can come across maybe a little bit immature, I think, sometimes. But people at Liverpool realise he was a May birthday. Maybe that maturity will come a bit later. 
but he has never ever been questioned at all about how he's performed on the pitch mm. he's now learning that he doesn't have to perform on the pitch he's got to also perform in training you know to that standard so there's somebody like him I mean I think he has I think he's he's got got it Curtis Jones he's got the potential to become a very good player at Liverpool he's, he's a bit of a maverick I think in, in some ways but he might be the the, the the last of that sort of caliber of play. I'm not saying that he's the same sort of player as Messrs Ezel because he's not I think he's got a bit more power than him but you know that sort of a player who can see a pass who might you know he does things sees things a bit differently it's going to be very hard for those players I think particularly midfield and in the forward line positions I think you've got more of a chance of being a creative player further back the pitch in many ways at mm. Liverpool. Can I ask you this, Si, before we wrap it up? And it wasn't in your article, but I think the conversation's gone this way. There's something I always think about when I think about youth football and, and how people are scouted and stuff like that. And, I, and you know, I don't do anywhere near the, the level of research or d- thinking about these type of things as someone like you does. But I've always thought for the longest time that talent can often be confused for almost age at that, at that level because nine months... You were talking there, Curtis Jones is a May birthday. Let's say someone's born in September. There's close to nine months there, uh, whatever. July maybe would be nine months. Now that's huge in the uh, in the lifespan of a six year old child. Um, and quite often, I wonder whether age is being mistaken for talent. And I wonder whether those July birthdays are quite often given the opportunities because they don't stand out in the football sides because they're not as strong and they're not as big and they're not as agile as someone who was born in the September. Is there any way that Liverpool would maybe be looking at that? And I'm sure there would be. But is that something that you've come across while researching this type of an article? They, they, they definitely... The people that I spoke to were definitely appreciative of that dynamic, particularly with Curtis Jones. Because it was one of the reasons why, as I said at the beginning, you know, sort of Everton, like, mm, not too sure about him. But they, Liverpool saw him and could see the talents, could see the ability. They looked at his birthday. He was, he was obviously, he was quite small. You know, he's obviously gone quite big physically now. You see, I, I saw him coming through the mix zone at, um, at West Ham uh, when he came on as a sub. And, you know, he's got big lower body strength, like really powerful you know, like, like Kenny Dalglish, you know, like down below, like, you know, so it's a, you know, he, 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 that, that sort of central point of gravity will help him. But when he was a kid, he was much smaller. You know, people were saying, is he, does he have the, the sort of the mental capacity to, to, to be in a, in a organized framework of a football club? But the, you know, the people who were speaking to were like, look, this guy, we've got to give him a chance because he is a bit younger than everybody else. So that definitely comes into the consideration when, when they're making a decision about players. You know, um, definitely 100%. It, it, it always does. And it'll be interesting to see sort of how young they do go with, with mm-hmm. players. Because, it, it, you know, I remember 10 years ago, sort of when, sorry, when the academy first started, Liverpool um, weren't able to really sign any players until the age of 11 or 12. You know, and then I remember with aghast people talking about the fact he was signing them at nine and then seven and then gets lower and lower and lower. But, um, you know, where there's organised football and where there's an opportunity to showcase talent, you know, there's such a mad scramble and clubs are such a, so afraid of, of missing out on the next big thing. You know, they're, they're prepared to go to, to any lengths at this moment in time. I do think Liverpool have become a bit more accepting that, you know, players have to have a bit more freedom than maybe they did a few years ago you know around 
playing not just for Liverpool and not just training with Liverpool, but playing with the school. Mm. And, and occasionally, you know, sometimes I was told that some some players are allowed to play with the Sunday League teams as well because they realise it's good for the social development of of of, um, of the of the personalities as well. So there's all sorts of different things. I mean, I'll just finish on this. But I remember Jamie Carragher. Like when I spoke to him for another piece a few weeks ago, and it didn't it didn't quite make it into the article in the end, but it was quite an interesting thing that he said because he was saying that you know people sort of you know poo poo the idea of academy football not being sort of being too clean. He, he was saying it was a regret of his that he didn't really come into Liverpool at a later date when he feels he loved playing at that like sort of elite level where you know that you're training with the best, you're playing against the best. The scoreline in games are like sort of one nil, proper football matches. You know what I mean. So he was saying that he thinks the standards at the academies are much higher than people actually really realise. Um, all right, maybe there aren't many tackles being put in, but that reflects top level football, doesn't it? Now that that's the way the game's gone. So yeah, I mean, there's a balance to be had, I think. But I do think his belief is, you know, and you know, he's got a better understanding than most people, I would say. Particularly as his son has obviously yeah, been James, the same obviously, yeah. you know, we, you know, the academy football is a very high standard. But I think that clubs, particularly Liverpool, you know, need to get that balance right between you know the commitment to playing and and the freedom to go out and and express yourself in different ways as well. Once it becomes too much part of the routine, when it becomes somebody put it to me this way, they want players to leave the car in the car park, get out the car and run into the changing rooms you know skip to the changing rooms and get changed they don't want it just to become a bit of a slog which I know a few years ago I know parents of, of friends of mine who had kids at the academy and they just found it so hard you know like day after day after day they tried to change that so that, that there is regular contact and there is as much contact as possible but it doesn't become so overbearing that the playing for Liverpool is just something that people take for granted yeah okay well there you go Simon thank you very much for your time mate it's fully appreciated uh, but great uh, chat and football and uh, the, the the chat we had before and about life and everything else <laughs> um, don't forget you can get uh, a 7 day free trial with The Athletic and 50% off your yearly subscription to The Athletic by visiting www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash TV. thank you very much for subscribing for liking this video do that now and we'll see you next time Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.